0: I see his hand, his hands, his feet, my Savior, the cursing tree, his body bound and drenched in tears, laid him down. justice while still showing us grace you are a wise God you are a God that no one can fathom and God we pray that as we open your scriptures we would want to get to know you that's the reason that we're here we want to know who you are we want to live like you are who you say you are in your scriptures want I pray
1: Good morning, Church by the Beach, right? Come on now. Come on. I did it at the first service. They laughed. I figured I'd do it this service, too. Miss Margie obviously is not up here. She she's she would be much louder than that. That's for sure. She is in the back with Kid City. Kid City's kicking off today. Yes. Oh, man, I am so excited that Kid City is kicking off, man. And, and, you know, because now I don't have to go home on Sundays and and give, you know, really strong talking to my boys since they're, you know, acting up in church. So now they can go back there, act up in church, and I don't have to know about it. That's a, that's a joke. But anyway, cool. Uh, no, no, it's so awesome. Hey guys, listen, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it's just an honor to stand before you. Those of you online watching us, as well as maybe listening to us through the car radio. Um, I'm just so excited. Uh, just, just simple fact that we could have church. You know what I mean? We get to have church. And there's so many places throughout our country right now that are, are you know, church isn't welcomed. But yet I stand firm with those pastors who are still doing church. And because the the word of God must carry forth. You know what I mean? And we can't stop, but we have a great opportunity to freely be able to be here and to gather and uh, I'm just so grateful for that and to have you guys here is just wonderful. But before I get into my message because listen, since she's back there, I get 5 extra minutes. Yes. Y'all don't understand that. Okay. But I do. And it means a lot to me. And I listen, check out our website, churchbythebeach.org. If you're new to us, there's a digital connect card. We would love for you guys uh, to fill that out so we can gather some information. One of the great things about it is we're kind of going away from paper. All right. And the reason for that is I, I don't have to enter anything no more. You can enter it in on your end and then it just comes on to my end. That's a lazy way of doing things. All right. And I'm grateful for that. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, check out our digital connect card under I'm new. And then also uh, the pastor's sermon notes is there. Uh, So usually by Thursday, the the message for Sunday, the sermon notes are there, you can kind of get a head start on everything that we're gonna talk about. But we're gonna talk today about some good news. And if you have been a parent and your kids are in school half the time, part of the time, or none of the time, and you've had to experience virtual school in some way, I've got some good news for you today. It's about the Bible. It's not about your kids schooling though, okay? So we're going to get into that today. You know, one of the things here that I think it's important for us to understand is that there are seasons that we live in that we just truly don't understand all the time. And, but one thing we can be assured of is that regardless of whatever season that you and I are going through and we're living through, God is in the middle of it there with us. We never need to lose heart on that. And so we have seen so much that God has fulfilled in our lives, we are seeing a lot right now that God is actually fulfilling when it comes to end time stuff. And we're seeing so much and we're going to continue to see so much. And that's going to lead me right into our first scripture today in Matthew, the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, the 24th chapter. We're going to look at verses 12 through 14. And this is what the word of God is communicating. It says, because of the increase of wickedness. What does that mean? There's a lot of bad stuff, right? A lot of bad things happening. I think we could probably um, bear witness to some of that right now. Don't you think? Unfortunately, we see a lot of craziness happening within the life that we're living in, the the world that we live in. It says the love, meaning the zeal or the passion that we have for God, the love of most will grow cold. And this is extremely concerning, right? you know everything bad is up right now you know you got alcoholism it's going through the roof the suicide rate is going through the roof domestic abuse is on the rise listen pornography the use of pornography is increasing so much but the bible says but the one who stands firm what does that mean the one who perseveres that means the one who's going to stick with it even when times are tough even when you don't feel like it right even when you're tired and weary the Bible says those who stand firm to the end will be what? I'm sorry. Will be what? Saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So. Not only will we, we not only will we witness all the bad that's happening in our world today, but we are also going to witness the the greatness of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. Literally, think about this right now. Literally, right now, we are living in the greatest revival era that has ever existed since Christ Himself for two thousand twenty years this last 40 years of it has seen more people come to faith than the previous 1,980 years total combined. Think about that. Yes, that is huge. That is a worship right there. That is incredible. What does that say? That God's message is still living and still breathing. It's still extremely effective. It's bringing life change. That Jesus is what our hope, not in question of, but it's a certainty that Jesus is our hope. So this should bring a realization like this. There is an opportunity of non-Christians getting saved. An opportunity for non-Christians to get saved. But a challenge comes with this. Over the last 20 years as a church, as a whole, we have been very good at creating our services to attract the lost people. We really have, we've been very good at that. Unfortunately though, Within the last seven, eight months, we were hit with a pandemic and church doors were closed all around. And and so then, you know, we had to become more creative with how we bring church to be. I think as a church, we did fairly well at doing that, trying to stay relevant, trying to stay within our community, still giving opportunity. And then we get to come together like we are doing since May 31st. I'm so grateful for that, like I mentioned before. But even to the most sold out Christ follower, many are still having a hard time coming through the doors. You have fear, you have CDC guidelines, you have masks. You, we have so much, we have caution, people being so cautious. We have so many things really that are truly working against the church. And one of the hardest things that we have had to learn is how do we communicate the gospel more effectively? And, and so we've, we've had to, in some cases become even further in in our creativity. But as I look now, it's even more important for you and I to understand that we must communicate the gospel message effectively, effectively. You know, if I were to ask you this question, um, what is the gospel message? And, And I'm going to ask that. What is the gospel message? How many of you could actually tell me? Don't raise your hand. Just think about that. How many of you could feel comfortable enough to be able to communicate the gospel message to me? You see, that's in question a lot within the church and it's not to put down anybody, but it just shows that we continually need to be discipled. We continually need to be educated when it comes to how do we communicate this gospel message effectively. You know, we say that we don't feel comfortable, you know, uh, how about this? What if they bring up now, even this happens to me to this day. And I think I know a, a little bit about the Bible anyway, right? But what if they bring up something so theological that I don't have an answer for, we fear those moments. And because we fear those moments, it causes us to step back and to question whether or not we should share the gospel message. And here's what we'll do. We'll leave it for someone else to do, or we'll leave it for the church or the pastor to make sure that he does it. But do you not understand that God has called us all? To be great communicator. We all have a calling on our lives. Jesus actually said to his disciples, he said, look, you need to go amongst all the nations throughout all the earth and you need to communicate this gospel message. Now, the word gospel is just a made up word in the English language, right? That's what we call the good news message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in the original, in the Greek language, the word gospel is called this. And and I always butcher these things. So you just got to bear with me. All right. But it's you in galleon, you in galleon. Now, the U is not Y-O-U, it's E-U. The E-U in that is actually referring to the name or the word eulogy. You've all heard of a eulogy, right? Usually, why are you talking about a eulogy? Well, you're saying something good about the person that you're talking about. Right. You're communicating that. We don't want to in, in a eulogy, nowhere near, you know, point out other faults and mishaps and other struggles of life. No, what do we want to do? We want those win moments, those highlight moments of the great things that they accomplished or were a part of within life. Now the, 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 uh, the end part of that word, that phrasing is galeon and that actually refers to angel. So here's what we have. The gospel message is this, right? It's the good news from a good messenger the good news from a good messenger and God has called each and every one of us to be a part of the spreading of this message. Now I, I look at it this way. The gospel message is the greatest message of all time. In fact, we have the best news on earth, you know, um, and we can go a little bit further. We have the news and the only news that is effective today that is still working today that all through history and all throughout the future will continue to work all throughout. We have the truth of what works in the middle of complete chaos. We have the truth that brings hope and encouragement and love along with discipline in the middle of uncertain times. The message though will not be effective if we don't have people who will share it. Think about that. It's not effective unless we are sharing it. Um, so what I want to do is I want to look at some thoughts on how you and I could become good messengers of what is the greatest message ever. Isaiah saw a church that was spreading the gospel in his vision. He's describing it as the most gorgeous thing that he had ever seen. Isaiah chapter 52 verse seven says it this way. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. What does he say? He says it's beautiful when he sees people as he's seeing that vision of people sharing the gospel message who proclaim what peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Maybe you need to hear that for a moment. Do you know your God reigns? Do you understand that your God is absolute in control of all things? There is nothing that has, has ever gone by him that shocked him or surprised him that your God reigns and we must be the messenger that is communicating that to the lost. Now, Jesus in Luke, he talks about it. But um, in my opinion, this is my opinion. You know, I shared this with the first service. I, when I read the Bible, it, I'll catch myself kind of going mundane through it. You ever do that? Like you're, you're numb. Ba, 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 ba. And I if I catch myself, I can stop, 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 stop. Pastor, you gotta stop. <laughs> right? All right, let's find the attitude out here. What, what is what is the setting? You know, is is he mad? Is he upset? Is he, you know, it's hard for us to understand that Jesus probably has a sense of humor too, you know what I mean? But I can't help but to think maybe Jesus in this passage of scripture was just a tad bit frustrated. All right. Watch, here's why. He told them the harvest is what? Plentiful. What does that mean? Like there is no lack in the harvest that there's always going to be people who need to hear the good message. Let me ask you this question. If people need prayer, what are you going to do? You're going to pray for them. Right? Amen. Thank you. All right. If people need a meal, what are we going to do? We're going to feed them. We're going to provide a meal. We have friends, family, we have acquaintances. We have people that God brings in our path who do not know Jesus Christ. So what must we do? Share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and watch their life transformed just as your life has been transformed. But he says, look, 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 the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That's the problem here. That's the underlying issue. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So the challenge is uh, for most people and it's extremely difficult. Extremely difficult to spread that gospel message. But I believe that God is giving us what we need in order to be one of those workers that is mentioned in the book of Luke. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, and listen, I wish I was so intelligent to be able to come up with this little outline, but I cheated. Is that all right? I cheated, but I'm giving credit to the, to the person who, who did this. Uh, Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, right? Great guy. He's got a great outline of equipping uh, those to be able to, you know, of his church, to be able to present the gospel message. So, uh, along with what God gives me, I'm taking what God gave him and we're going to have a little talk here. Okay. First thing is this, accept the personal responsibility. What does that mean? Know God's plan and that there is no plan B to it. Right? Like God has a plan. It's set in stone. That's what God has. And, and, and if the world is going to get the good news, If it doesn't come from us, then it potentially may never happen. So God has called us what to be the communicator of that good news. That is what that is. That is his plan. So we have a responsibility to allow God to use us, to equip ourselves to do what is necessary in order to be able to communicate that good news. Watch what Romans chapter 10 tells us in verse 13 through 15. It says for everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what saved. but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And listen, this is great instruction. All right. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them who's that someone that's you and me, that's you and me. We're the ones who are the communicators that we're the ones who are to tell them. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who what? Bring good news. So what is being communicated? Well, God is saying to take the opportunities given to a world that is hurting. And it's a world that's hurting really bad right now. It really is. And we as a church have been called to, to, to go above the situations around us, to stand firm, to posture ourselves in the confidence and the boldness. How can we do that? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been given an empowerment that not only helps us to communicate the word, but also helps us to be able to retain the knowledge and the wisdom of the word or the good news in order to be able to what? Communicate it effectively. Listen, you're here today. Why? Because someone, has communicated the gospel in an effective manner that it has changed your life forever. Wouldn't you like to be a part of that equation for someone else's life? That should be our desire. That should be our number one goal. Listen, within your circle, you have people who are in desperate situations right now, people who are living through misery where they are. They don't know what in the world's happened and they have no idea what's coming along. You and I have words of life, life that can be breathed, life that is the verbal inspiration of God, the gospel message, the good news. Secondly, we need to develop a personal relationship. Listen, people aren't so much interested in knowing what you know, they're very interested in knowing that you care. They really are very interested in knowing that you care. You know, when I'm going through a tough time, I don't want somebody coming up to me and going, here's what you need to do at this point, a point B point C point D. And this is how you need to live your life. And that's how it's gotta be. And then everything's gonna change. No, I don't want to hear that in my, in my, in my moment. I just want you to shut up and let me tell you what's going on. And you show that you care. Amen. Think about that. Correction, direction will come later. You want to win me over, show me that you care. Of what's going on in my life? There's a great story with Jesus. Here he is, and 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 he's, he's like in a popular scene right now, and we all know this. Jesus is contagious, right? So wherever people wherever Jesus goes, people kind of flock to him. You know what I mean? They're they're there. They're they're like wow, you know. So there's this guy in the Bible named Zacchaeus, right? Remember Sunday school type? Zacchaeus was a what? Wee little man and a wee little man was he? Yeah, he climbed up in that sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted to see, right? I totally messed it up. I guarantee it. This is why I'm not on the praise team. Okay. But so here's this guy, Zacchaeus. And what does the Bible tell us about him? No, oh, they simply tells us that he's a tax collector. What does that mean? He steals from people. He's robbing them. He's taking what is owed to the government and then he's taking on top of that for himself. He's probably taking more than what was owed to the government for himself so he can pad his own pocket. You know what I mean? So if this is the type of person he is, and he's carrying around that type of reputation, how do you feel? How do you think people feel about him? They don't like him. They definitely are not liking him, right? So this guy probably had very minimal relationships. Really, he probably did not have many true friends. Um, I, I, again, the Bible doesn't say that. I'm just kind of you know putting two and two together. As we live our lives, we can kind of come up with that um, accusation, so to speak but he he probably didn't have a a, a lot of relationship with people. And you know, one of the things, you know, I love about this story is that, you know, so he's up in this tree and he wants to see Jesus and Jesus comes by and he looks at him, points him out and says, come on down, Zacchaeus. In fact, you know, I want to have lunch with you. I want to, now here's me. If I was Jesus and this is why I ain't Jesus, right? I'd have been like, you steal. That's why nobody likes you. You need to change. You need to give back everything you've stolen. And hopefully somebody will give an open opportunity to build a relationship with you. but well, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus looks at him calls him down and says, you know what? Hey, look, uh, let's, let's hang out. Let's have lunch. Let's have lunch. Now here's what we do know. 10 verses later, something completely comes out of that house different than what went into that house. I would love to know the level of conversation that happened there because I would love to memorize it and then be able to use it wherever I went. Because apparently it was so power packed and influential that Zacchaeus comes out a completely changed person. And the Bible says what he gives three times of everything that he took and gives it back. How amazing is that? Why? Because someone took the time to connect show that they cared, and what then Brought forth the message. Now, um, I love this with with Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-two. He kind of understands this thought process, and this and he's communicating it. And he says, "Listen to the weak. I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some." What did he know? You had this guy who, if you recall, prior to the Damascus road experience where the, the moment of salvation happened in his life that he was very zealous against Christianity and was martyring and persecuting the early church. But now after that, a total life transformation happened for him. And now he's like, it's almost as if he's humbling himself in this moment and saying, look, I'm becoming whatever is necessary in order to win over the confidence so that I can effectively what communicate the gospel message. So we understand that we must have personal relationship. We understand that we have a responsibility. And thirdly here, here's, here's a big one. We need to share my personal story, not mine, but yours. You need to be able to share. Do you know the greatest story that you know of God, of what he's done in people's lives? even more so than the scripture, it's yours. We all have a story in this room of what God has done in some way, somehow we think of, you know, that that, that we can't spread a gospel message and that it's too difficult for us. Listen, how about you tell people the change that's happened in your life? Can I be honest with you? I had a, uh, of course I can, right? Of course I can. I'm the pastor, right? I had somebody come to me this week and said, pastor, I need to let you know something for 13 years, I've been a slave to alcohol, 12 days ago, I decided to make a change in my life, put myself in an institution. And for 12 days I've been completely sober free and I have felt God moving in my life, mending relationships already. And, and I, I stopped the there. I said, well, I, time out. I'm a pastor. I said, I communicate lots of stories. I said, can I, can I tell that? And they said, yes, cause I'm not embarrassed of what God has done in my life. Now yours may not be like that, but you, we all have a story. We all have something about us that God has, has resurrected us from taken us away from done something miraculous in our lives. First Peter chapter three verses 15 through 16 says this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In other words, settle the fact that he is your Lord. We first must do that, right? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. In other words, why you chose Jesus, why you are in this relationship with Jesus. But he says, do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. In other words, what? Be so nice that they don't even know how to receive it, right? Do you know that Christianity has a branding issue? You have the group who, that is eager to tell you everything that you are doing wrong and that you have ever done wrong. You have a group that will judge you up one side and down the other. They want you to get it together before you can ever come to church. Can I help you out? That's not how this works. That's not how God intended. Jesus did not treat Zacchaeus that way. He, what he brought him in connected with him and then gave him a message that was life transformation, transforming. And when he left that moment, he was a changed person forever. People don't need to get right before they come through the door of the church. People need to come in just as they are and let's let God do the work. The miraculous life change that can happen. We must change our mindset by what being able to communicate our personal story of what Jesus has done. And there's a story in all of us that, you know, very well. All right. Number four is this. We need to give a personal invitation. Isaiah says it this way. Again, I'm going to repeat Isaiah 52, 7. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say Zion, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And do you know what that good news is? It's real simple. Now here, look, before I break this down, I'm going to communicate. Here's a commercial. All right. Churchbythebeach.org. Use it. That's our church website. We have a lot of great resources there. Okay. One of those is when you go over to, um, uh, (laughs) my mind just slipped. There's an area there. Uh, have you ever been there? (laughs) It's all too frequent for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It's there. It's there. Oh yes. It's called growth track. All right. You got, you go to our growth track and uh, one of the areas that we have done is we've developed a, a small paragraph. It's not very, very big and it breaks down. It's a great outline for the gospel message. And why do we do that? Because we want you to be educated on what that is. We want you to be able to go through that and be so confident in it that when God opens that door of opportunity that you can freely be able to communicate it without hesitation. Now, one of the things that we need to do here and, and learn of, of the good news is this, God loves you and he sent his son to pay for your sins. I think that's the most important part of the gospel message. You know, John three sixteen: God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall what? Not perish, but have eternal life. Listen, people need to know that God loves them. Do you know that we are made in the image of God and we have an unredeemed spirit inside of us that is looking for God's love? There is a God sized hole in the heart of every person that only God himself can fill it, Fill it. People have conviction. They have guilt. They have shame. And it's been eating away at them for a very long time. Do you know that we are the only species on earth? Now, some of you are gonna correct me after church because I know how you are, all right? We're the only species on earth that feels the guilt and shame. And our sin brings that about us. But we also have the message that says all that guilt and shame has been paid for. Every single bit of it. And that alone should be victorious. That alone should cause us to rejoice that alone. When we, when we do our prayer at the end and and we give an invitation for those who are lost, be able to cause us to worship and respond in such a way that is giving such great honor and thanksgiving to the one who paid it all for us. And that is Jesus Christ. All right, next thing we need to be able to communicate that God can give you peace no matter the circumstance a peace regardless and beyond our circumstance, beyond our own understra- understanding, no matter the anxieties that we are in, in the middle of our lives, God can still bring peace in those troubled times in those storms. You know, Jesus gives a promise and it's one that we're not excited about, but in his, on the other hand, we are in John 16, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. That's the good part, right here on earth. You're going to have many trials and sorrows. Oh, Don't like hearing that one though, do we? But he follows up by saying this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. That's the team I want to be on. That's the side that I want to be aligned with the one who is the overcomer, the one who is all victorious, the one that when the end comes, he will be the one who is standing. We also understand this. God will give you strength to make it through so many around us are feeling very weak and weary and they need to know that God will give them the strength to make it through. In fact, I would go as far as to say some of you watching or listening or in person with us this morning, um, you need to hear that just for yourself. Let me help you out. It's what it's God's strength that has brought you to where you are now. He's brought us all through many trials and troubles and sorrows and pain. He really has. He has carried us through those, those moments. And I want you to let you know, he's going to continue to do so. He has never given up on you. He has never threw his hands up on you. Like I did with my kids for their schoolwork this week and said, I can't do this no more. (laughs) Anybody do that? I know I did. Right? No, he's never given up. He's always been so patient with us. Watch this. Um, second Corinthians four, chapter three and then verses eight through nine says if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Amen. Amen. We can say that to people. We can effectively communicate that confidently communicate that to people. All right, here we go. Last one. God is not ready or God. (laughs) God is ready to save you right now. Romans chapter 10 verses nine through 10 says, watch this. I love it. So simple. If you, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? You will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Do you know that God is very concerned over his children? Here's what we do. We go, oh, well the church, we're the children of God. No, all of humanity is a child of God. Can I help you out with that? All of humanity is a child of God. But as a dad, I'm concerned over my kids. I really am. I got one in the Navy. I got one in fourth grade. That's a trial right now. Let me tell you. And I got one in first grade. We're, we're crossing our fingers on that one, you know, but, but listen, listen, we go to the beach and and our nine year old is learning how to, how to surf. Right. And he's enjoying it. And so as he's, as he's getting better at it, he wants to be out there in the deeper water more on his own. So he, we go to the beach and we've always got a circle. He's always got a circle of friends that are with him. So they get out there and, and they're like, he's like, dad, Daddy, you're good. You're good. I'm playing with my friends, I'm playing with my friends now. And, and so as a dad, what do I do? Well, I'm sitting there, you know, got my chair right at the edge of the water, you know, and I'm, I'm watching though. Why am I watching? Because if there's a moment of trouble, I can get to him as quick as I possibly can to help him out. You know, Jesus Christ is there watching over us. And he's saying, look, he has provided the tool that is the most effective of carrying the gospel message. And that tool is you and I, and he cares for his children so deeply that he's given them everything necessary in order to what? Accept him for who he is, what he has done and what he has to offer for eternity. And all we have to do is say, Lord, you know what? Use us, use us use us, but God, you know what? Even more so I need to be uh, allowing myself to be educated in your word so that I can be effective when it comes to communicating your gospel message. This is the greatest message of all time. There's no story, no author that is greater than God himself, than Jesus Christ himself. It is the only writing that will ever bring hope, which is not a question of, but it is a certainty in Jesus. Christ. Uh, revelations chapter three, verse 20. In fact, I'll I'll ask you to stand with me as I read this one. But revelations chapter three, verse 20 says this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. So it's my hope this morning that if you're here or you're watching us online or listening to us on the radio and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that today all of that changes that you don't have to find God. He's already here and he's been waiting on you. You know, a lot of times I hear this pastor. I just, I got to find him. I just got to find God. No, you don't. Bible says he's there knocking. All you have to do is answer the call, answer the call. Romans tells us what, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be what? We will be saved. The opportunity is here this morning for you in your life. If you're here watching us, listening, to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Don't allow another moment to go by. Don't allow another uh, opportunity to be missed. When Jesus is, right before us with his arms wide open, calling, calling you. And all you have to do is what? Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll be saved. Every head ever every eye closed, that might be you this morning. you wanna make that commitment? If so, I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I, I encourage all of us to pray this prayer this morning, Lord Jesus, Today, I come before you and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe with my heart that you are Lord. Forgive me of my sins. And I accept you as my Lord, my Master, and my Savior. And from this day forward, help me to live according to your purpose, your plan and your will in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? That is, that is the greatest miracle that can happen. That is the greatest moment in any person's life. The moment where their eternity is changed forever. But now for, listen, for us, I believe we have given you a great message. We have given you great resources on our, on our website to help you in this fulfillment of the Great Commission in this fulfillment of spreading this gospel message. So take it, use it. God, you know, Lord, use me, use me. I wanna be an effective evangelist for you. Don't get scared of that word evangelist, right? But I wanna be an effective messenger of you, Father. Let me pray with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day and all the many blessings, God, that you have given us. Both services, Lord, have been fantastic. And for that, Lord, we worship you. But God, help us to understand that we must take this gospel message beyond these four walls, that we have hurting people in our families and friendships and worker, co-workers and uh, just acquaintances that we come across all the time in our days. Help us, God, open the door of opportunity to share your message. God, put it in our hearts to have a desire to learn your gospel message effectively so that we can communicate it effectively, God. May we continue, Lord, to educate ourselves in your word. Why? So that, Father, we can share your word with everyone that we come in contact and because of that, Father, we will glorify you and we worship you and we honor you for all that, Lord, you've already done in our lives and for God that you placed people in our lives to be effective messengers of your gospel message. You have called us all. May we accept that call and press forward in being, Lord, your communicators of your message. Father, we thank you. We praise you. And we worship you, God. And as we leave this place, and the psalmist said, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.